Hey, what is going on, everybody? And welcome to Listen Money Matters. And I am not saying this catchphrase, so Andrew, you have to say it. Ah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Money predator. Start praying or keep praying. (laughs) (laughs) Just for the record, I still don't support moneypredator.com, but I I did go to it. And I noticed that it does redirect to our homepage. So great follow through on that joke, Andrew. But someone took you up on the offer of photoshopping us and our faces onto predators. And it is pretty awesome. So (laughs) I may make like, you know what I'll do? I'll make like a two second redirect. So you go there, you see Thomas with like a whale body and me as like an (laughs) eagle. And and then you'll just be, yeah. To paint a more accurate picture of it, it is a condor with Andrew for the head, but he still has a beak. Mm. And then there's just like a killer Uh, whale and the edge of its tongue is my face. (laughs) It's simultaneously creepy, disturbing, but also hilarious. It actually looks like I'm, I'm a bird with a gold chain and I'm just like badass and you're just being (laughs) eaten by a whale. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's what happens when you don't get on the money predator train. See, that's what I'm Uh, talking about. So yeah, I don't support this except for I do support any and all dumb photoshops. And Andrew, I think at some point you ought to go like the Ask Pat route and like make Money Predator t-shirts and give them to people who make art. That would be- Just an idea. Oh my God. If you have (laughs) ideas for a Money Predator t-shirt, we'll be besties. Just Condor Andrew. (laughs) Anyway, what are you drinking, dude? So because this is the first time we're recording with you in Colorado- I thought it, it would be fitting to drink a Coloradian beer. A um, Coloradian. I, I'm. Uh, that's a technical term. You gonna stick with that? Yes. All right. It's uh, it's a vanilla porter from okay. Breckenridge Brewery. Mm, I've been there. Yeah. And uh, it's awesome. Very nice. What are you drinking? I do sir? like their. Uh, I think they make an agave wheat beer that I like. Mm. But other than that, I haven't had too much from Breck Brewery. Though I've heard that there is a Breck Brewery here in Denver. So. I think I have easy access to it. Though, to be honest, I would rather just go to Breck. I'm drinking water. Uh, I had the realization that I'm two hours behind you now, not just one. Mm. So it is going to be an even rarer occurrence for me to drink a beer on the podcast. Because I get up, I do my workout, I have my coffee, and then I basically just do water or tea until Wait, evening. Thomas, you don't start drinking beer at 9 a.m.? I know, right? I, I don't know. I live the out. life of an ascetic <laughs> and it's a hard life, but it's one of accepted. <laughs> anyway, guys, so today on the podcast, uh, we are joined by Ava Baker, who is the founder of teensgotsense.com. And uh, on that site, she helps parents and teens learn how to manage their money from a young age. And Ava, I'm guessing that's something you did yourself, right? Yes, definitely. Um, I was very blessed growing up. My Both my mom and dad were very hands-on with my brother and I uh, mm-hmm. about teaching us about personal finance and kind of just the whole story of how I got into personal finance blogging. Um, I was homeschooled all the way through high school, which is... Oh, cool. Like, I guess, yeah, I guess like, well, I like... Everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's really cool, but you're probably really weird, aren't you? <laughs> 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 but... Um, I I don't think I'm weird, which probably means I actually am anyways, but I loved being homeschooled. It was great. Um, I was homeschooled all, like I said, all the way through high school and 
for my junior and senior year, my mom required um, both my brother and I, my, my brother is older, to complete some kind of meaningful school project before we graduated. We got to choose what the project was, but we had to, we had to do something. Um, and so when I was 15, she approached me and she was like, Eva, it's time for you to start thinking about your project. And I'm, of course, just like, school. Um, <laughs> and wait, and- real quick, when she approached you, you mean she walked into your room, said, wake up, and then she told you about the project? Clean your room and also big school project. <laughs> I think, no, probably, maybe maybe something like that, but it probably was more like, hey, remember when your older brother had to do a school project? Well, it's your turn now, so, like, start thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and my brother, he founded some nonprofit about nuclear energy with his high school debate partner or something like that. It was really, really cool and very smart and stuff like that. So when she said that, I was like, That's a tough I don't act know to what follow. I'm going to do. Yeah, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but it has to be really awesome. (laughs) Um, But that's all I knew. Anyways, but I did take my time deciding what I wanted my project to be because I didn't actually want to do it. So I was like, I'm just going to take my sweet time (laughs) deciding this. Um, So around that same time, uh, my mom and dad were going through a divorce and my mom was just trying to get back on her feet financially after everything that had happened. And she wanted to, or a friend had told her about Dave Ramsey and she wanted to read one of his books, but she's in this whole like new frugal mindset, of course. And so she doesn't want to spend the money to buy the book. So she goes to the library to borrow it. But when she gets there, they don't have the book. They only have it on like audio, like the audio CD of the book, the audio book. So I got stuck listening to it with her in the car, which I was super not thrilled about. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, why are we listening to this old dude talk about money? I don't want that. Uh, And then really kind of the worst thing ever happened is that I'm listening to this book and I'm listening to Dave Ramsey and I'm realizing I'm actually really interested in what he's talking about. I'm like, Oh no, what's happening to me? <laughs> no, I am the weird homeschool kid. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I was like, Oh gosh, all of those stereotypes are coming true for me. Um, so he's talking about these baby steps that adults can take to get themselves out of debt and start saving for their retirement. And this was the, kind of the first time that 15-year-old me ever realized that debt was a thing um, or that, uh, you know, adults are saddled with debt for the rest of their lives from, like, credit cards and student loans and stuff like that. Um and it just really got me thinking that, you know, I didn't really ever want to have to be in a situation where I would have to read this book and follow those steps mm. to to get myself out of the situation like that. Um, and, and so I started researching online. And like I said, my parents had been very, very good with my brother and I uh, and including us in family finances, things like that. Like I felt like I had like a solid basic understanding but i started looking online and of course i found so many great resources out there for adults on how to budget how to save get out of debt save retirement all of those things but there really wasn't anything for teens like any kind of education out there for us on how to help us not get there in the first place Mm -hmm. and there was specifically nothing for teens by another teen so i kind of had this little beautiful light bulb moment where i decided what I wanted my high school project to be. Uh, and so I, I came up with the name Teen Scott Sense and decided to start a blog. Um, and my goal from the very beginning has just been to share, you know, cause I was, I was, I think I was 16 when I, yeah, I was 16 when I started. Um, and so I wasn't an expert 
on anything to do with money, but I knew I could share the experiences I was having and the things that was happening in my life with money, my mistakes and successes and things like that. And just hopefully along the way, help my, my fellow teenagers have that basic understanding of how money works so that when we go off to college, we know how to budget for groceries and can, you know, like not drown in debt for the rest of our lives. Yeah. Um, and so that's been my main goal. Um, and so I started it up in 2013 and it was just something that I thought I was going to be doing for, you know, two years as I finished up high school, but I got a lot of amazing opportunities. Um, and it kind of just kept growing and then I fell in love with it and now it's my passion and my full-time job. And it's kind of been like a crazy whirlwind, but I'm like, here I am. And this is what I do for a living. And I love it. It's great. That is amazing. I wish I had a project like that. You know, I find it like super interesting that a lot of people talk to te or try and teach teens and younger people about money, but kind of like you said, they're like Dave Ramsey and they're like trying to, you know, I don't know, lecture, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that, that really doesn't work. Um, so you, you have writers from 14 through 17, um, but, but you also, uh, teach and like have ideas to how to, to prep kids younger than that, you know, mm -hmm. like from five and up. And so how did you kind of come about that? Well, really just from what my parents did with me, um, when I was five years old, um, I was doing the envelope system. Um, for anyone who's not familiar with that, it's um, just a budgeting system that you can use where you have physical envelopes. And the most basic structure for that is that you would have three envelopes, one for um, spending, saving, and giving. Um, and so you label your envelopes and then you, whenever you get cash, you divvy them up between the envelopes and um, that's how you budget your money. So I've been, I've been doing that since I was five years old. And I think that that's for any parents out there. I think that's, if you have younger kids and you think, oh, they're too young to understand anything about money or how to handle money. That's definitely not true. Um, doing just that very basic version of the envelope system gave me that foundation at that young of an age. I remember sitting there with my envelopes and my mom giving me my allowance every week. And when I was five, I got like three bucks. Like it yep. wasn't anything crazy, <laughs> you know, um, maybe three or $4. And the rule was how the envelope system works is that I got to decide how much went into each envelope, but I had to put something in each envelope. Um, okay. but it was my decision of how much, so you don't have to divvy it out evenly. And that can be, let that be the child's choice, you know, of how much they wanted to put into each thing. Um, well, and how do you keep them from putting like a dollar in giving a dollar in saving and like $10 in spending? Or, or is that a good lesson to kind of let them then have? Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Like, yeah I think. Could you build like a mini lesson into that if they do tend to spend too much? Yeah, I definitely think that you could um, maybe, and I think especially for a child of that age, you know, you're going through the whole like sharing and giving and mm -hmm. being kind and generous to others kind of things. So that might be a good, a good lesson to tie in there. But I also think it's important to let the child make their own decisions. Um, and that's kind of the theme of uh, through every age is that now is the time to be giving them the full responsibility. And especially when they're older and maybe have a little bit more money they're handling, 
to just let them do their thing so that if they mess up, they get to learn from that. Like now is the time to let them mess up with money when there's really not a whole lot at stake. You know, there's, right. there's not a mm-hmm. whole lot of risk involved. And so let them make mistakes, let them make the decisions. And if it's the wrong one, they're going to learn from that. And that's excellent because they're living at home with you and you're going to be there to help them work through it and figure it out and teach them, you know, maybe say, okay, maybe this is why that was a bad idea. And this is what we should do next time. That kind of thing. So would um, a lesson be like they, they want a new, like a bike or a new toy and they've exhausted their spending and they have no savings or like, how do you kind of teach and or how do you allow that? Like what kind of mistakes could they make that would be, uh, I guess like teachable moments. Right. So I think for, for that younger age, maybe like five to eight. Um, and I remember, I remember this happening too. I, mom and I would be walking through the store and I would see a toy or something that I really wanted. And I'd be like, Oh mom, can we get this please? And she'd be like, well, did you, um, you know, and this is another key thing is to make sure whenever you go shopping, like have your child bring their envelopes with them Mm. or bring their spending envelope. Like if they're a little girl, like buy them a purse and buy them a wallet and have them bring their cash. And so when they do say, mommy, mommy, like I want this toy, well, you can say, oh, let's look in, let's look in your spending envelope and see how much money you have. And I remember doing that all the time. And if I didn't have enough, mom would say, well, when we get home and over the next week, I'm going to give you some opportunities to earn the money that you need to buy this Mm -hmm. toy. And so I would go home and I would do whatever little chores around the house and earn the money that I could buy the toy myself. And then we would go back to the store and I would buy it with my own money. That's brilliant. And yeah, it, yeah. It was really, I mean, I've got to like really hand it to my parents. They did a great job. Um, <laughs> I, 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 no, I think it's so key to not just, if you're, if you're going to follow this system, then really follow it and let, give them the opportunity to earn the money that they need to get the things that they want, because that's, that's how life works. Well, let me and ask that you this. is teachable at a young age. If you have someone who's like five to eight and you have um, the spending and the saving envelopes, how do you distinguish between them? Like is saving just not spendable ever? And then right. are they just not incentivized to use it? Like how, you know, because of, I could imagine me at eight wanting to put everything in the spending envelope so I can get all the right. things that I want. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think because like I don't really remember. I don't really know whatever happened to all of the money I put in my saving envelope. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. Your mom um, but took I... a vacation and got a boat. <laughs> <laughs> Roared for 18 yeah. years. Of yeah, there's, <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a boat out there somewhere that I don't know about. <laughs> it was her teacher bonus. <laughs> Yeah, whenever my mom's like, oh, I'm going out shopping, you're going out with friends, she's really going out to her boat that she bought with my money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. But I'm just, I'm trying to think about when I was like that young. I'm not, I don't remember what we did with that money. But I think it should be, I think it should be distinguishable. And maybe it's, um, maybe there's a really big thing that the child wants that's going to take them like a really long time to save up for. And that's what the, that's what the saving is for. Mm. Or maybe you say this is for, I don't know. I don't know if this would work with a five-year-old, but you could really, I guess, make an argument to say like, oh, we're saving this money for your college. Like you're going to contribute to your college fund right now when you're five. I don't think (laughs) I'm like, college is stupid. I want candy. (laughs) My parents did that with me, but I don't think it was at five. Yeah. I think when you're five, like you can't comprehend what's going to happen when you're 20 or 18. Like, you can just see like, I want a bike, but I also want that piece of gum at the gas station. Yeah. 
So uh, I feel like maybe when they're five, saving could be for something big. Yeah. And then I think spending could be for just little things. Yeah, I think that you're right. I think that it is important to, and this is, I mean, this goes for older teens as well. I know I've seen a lot of curriculums, heard a lot of people talking to teens about investing in the stock market. Huh, ah. We don't care. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> we don't care that um and you've got to talk to them about things that they they're interested in like saving up for a pair of really awesome shoes like um i don't know what cool shoes are right now nikes i don't know jordan you're, you're talking to the wrong cool person on this cool cool. <laughs> alan edmonds wingtips you know every team wants to <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so you've got to i mean i think that that is you make a good point you've got to be able to get on their level of something that's going to be exciting to them at that time mm. for sure so I don't want to remember jump. the first time I got a job ever. I spent two weeks in the cornfields, and the reason I did it is because I wanted to buy like this six hundred dollar DDR pad, so I could basically like build the kind that they had at the arcades in my house. And then I got the money, and like I got the first paycheck, and I was like one hundred fifty bucks, which is more money I'd ever seen in my life. But then I went and spent it on other crap. Yeah. Like I didn't stick in my head that I needed to save that money for the big thing. And uh, then I never Thomas, got the thing. You'd be so much better at DDR now if you started at a younger age. <laughs> I would be. The short sightedness is painful. Exactly. The, the path of my life, the trajectory would have just been so much greater, mm. more grandiose, but it wasn't sadly. Yeah. Sadly. And I stopped making that now. So Eva, <laughs> I want to, I want to jump on, but cause I don't want to like skip super far ahead, but you said that, kids like five to eight don't want don't want to invest which makes an enormous amount of sense um but in your opinion like when do you think that is something worth broaching to them well like i was saying also i've heard i've heard people talk try to talk to teens about investing in like the stock market and stuff like that which i mean i guess i think that can be some interesting to some teens and i do know teens that that's very interesting too to me it's not i'm not even teen anymore and i'm still just like no please no <laughs> um i love that you I said think, that <laughs> i'm just being honest just being super honest um <laughs> But I think that, I mean, I guess obviously with all things, the earlier you get started, the better. Mm. And so if that is something that you're interested in, I say go for it. Um, I just recently opened a, a Roth IRA myself um, yeah, at 21. Cool. And, um, you know, I feel I feel pretty good about that. I'm not like, oh, why didn't I do that when I was 16 kind of thing? Like, I mm. feel like now was a was a good time for that to start. Mm. Um but I think that it's really hard for teens to to make them be interested in something they don't want to be interested in. Yeah. Um. And and, and so I've kind of because that's what that's I thought I spent a lot of time thinking about this of like oh when should a teen start investing and how can you get them interested in in all of these bigger finance things and it's there's really not a good answer for that it's very hard and it, like, so really the builds approach, onto itself in the sense exactly. like. I guess they get the envelopes and they want more and you you just like stack like education layers on Exactly. That's why like whatever age they're at just meet the, meet them there. Talk to them. I mean, when I go out into the community and teach basic budgeting classes and and teach personal finance to two groups of teens, I don't spend time talking about the stock market. I spend time of talking to them about how they can buy the things they want right now. Mm -hmm. um, and how they can save their money to make that happen. But then there's going to be that nat like you were talking about that natural progression and those layers of education where one day they're going to be like, Oh, I really am interested in the stock market and want to start making that happen for myself. How do you talk uh, about budgeting and not get like booed out of the room? 
Um, I, I teach, I teach the envelope system. I, I do because that's the system I've used all of my life. And obviously I have more than three envelopes now mm. than I, you know, when I was five. Um, but I, I, cause that's, I, I use that. It's a, I mean, it's a perfect cash based system. The money is right in front of you. Like you physically see your money broken up and it's such a great system. And I use the cat, I used it cash based until I think I was about, 16 or 17 and then I switched to like a digital version but Why I think it's really Why important or, I'm sorry do you use YNAB or right? I mean you need a budget or um it's actually it's called good budget um mm. and I'm sure it's probably I haven't heard of those other things but I'm sure it's probably basically the same concept um but I really think it's so important for teens um and younger children to start with the cash-based system so the money is actually in their hands they're seeing it coming and going all of those kinds of things and can physically manage it um, and so I go in and I show them, I take my envelopes that I had when I was 15 and I go through the system with them and teach them how it works. And then I actually give them their own envelopes that they can make and take home. Um, but we also talk, we talk about what they're interested in. I ask them like, what do you guys do to earn money? Um, what do you do with that money? How do you know what a budget is? How do you budget your money now? What kind of things do you like to spend your money on? So it's a very interactive conversation, really a conversation that I'm having with them um, that I think keeps them interested. And then that I actually teach them a very practical thing that they can go home and do. I actually get a really good response from them that it's something that they're really interested in. And that's, I think that's another thing. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say like, uh, do they know that they're going to a budgeting session? Like you use the word budgeting or do you have to almost sell them on the idea of why they should even care? Um, I don't, maybe, I, maybe I should, I haven't ever tried to sell them on it. I just kind of, I just show up and, and, do my thing like it, they you know normally um because i I'm only on the face it sounds like i mean it, it's not a lot of work once you figure it out right but on the face it's like well i usually just go to the store and just buy things and then i come home and then i buy more things versus right. like being thoughtful about it so yeah i think that and and really i mean this doesn't have anything to do with me it really has a lot to do with the teens i think a lot of people look at teenagers and think they could care less about this mm. and they yeah. they don't want to they don't want to sit and listen to a class about personal finance but really in the experience i've had with these teens i've really found that not to be true at all these kids are interested and a lot of a lot of the classes i have taught are in underserved communities um, and so these kids have seen their parents lose their job. These kids see their parents struggling to pay their bills every month and they know that they don't want that and they want to, you know, they, but they don't know, they don't know the right questions to ask. They don't right. know how to start that conversation. But when you go in and start that conversation with them, they're, they're all about it. And they're very interested and they, they participate and they're willing to listen and they're willing to learn. Um, they just, no, no one, not a, no one's stepping up in, in schools. Um, doesn't really happen a lot of at home a lot of times because mm -hmm. parents don't feel equipped, but it's, it's so important to do that with their teens because it maybe is not something that they're even able to realize themselves, but they are interested in it. Did your parents ever do anything where they weren't directly coming at you with money lessons, but they tried to like meet you at your interests and um, just like encourage you to do things that would 
build the same skills. Like I remember when, when I was a kid, uh, my mom got my brother and I, I think it was like Sim theme park for our computer. Oh, I love those games. Which that was awesome. But like in addition to building dumb roller coasters and putting like no bathrooms in my theme park, I had to learn <laughs> how to budget money and like, okay, yeah. I've got this amount of resources. Like, so you they learn resource management concepts through playing a fun game and you're not sitting there thinking about an envelope system, but like the lessons are still being imparted. Oh yeah, definitely. No, my brother and I both grew up playing, um, roller coaster tycoon where yes. we built our own theme parks. <laughs> and, um, that was like, it was so much fun and we loved doing that. And now I, I remember, I don't know, a while back, my mom was like, no, whenever you guys were like, Oh, we're going to go play roller coaster tycoon. She would always be secretly like, yes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, definitely. I think that there are so many things out there like that, that are really beneficial. And I think even maybe like for older kids, like nine to 12, that can be a really good thing to do. Um, something that my mom and dad did for, um, in that age range for my brother and I is that we continued with the envelope system. Um, and I think as we got older, our, you know, our allowance increased and, but when our allowance increased, our responsibility did as well. Um, and so once we got to, I don't remember how old I was when this started. Um, but I became responsible for cooking one meal every week at home. I think Mm -hmm. I was probably, I think I was probably 11 or 12, like old enough to be in the kitchen and handle that. Um, and, my mom and I would sit down. She would help me work out a but like I would pick a recipe. She would help me work out a budget. I would go grocery shopping with her. And you'd buy and this would, with your money or no, no, I would buy it with I would buy it with with um, their money. But it was the the lesson involved of having to meal plan and then going to the store and um, you know that's how I learned about like you know buying name brand items or like you know, like the Publix brand or whatever like that. Um, and that's also something I wanted to mention for the younger kids is that when you're at the store with them and, you know, you have your six-year-old with you, talk to them and tell them what you're doing and tell them about, teach them about sales and, and like have a conversation with your kid while you're going through the shopping shopping store doing, doing your grocery shopping. Um, well, can you but, give an example? Like when you say like, tell them what you're doing, like what would be something that you're doing? I think that it would, I mean, I remember all the time walking into Publix and mom saying, Hey Eva, go grab the, go grab the coupon paper or the sales paper. And we would sit down and we would flip through that paper to go, well, not sit down, but we would be walking through and flip through that paper together and be like, Oh, look, you know, this is on our list and this is buy one, get one free. So we're going to go get, you know, as much of this as we can. Cause it's on mm-hmm. sale. Um, those kinds of things or, you know, I, I, yeah, I just doing stuff like that to, to really just help them still learn, um, about those things. Um, but anyways, when I was older, yeah, I would be responsible for the meals. I would get to go and do the shopping and kind of the same thing, looking for those deals, looking for sales and stuff like that. Um, and so, no, they, they, they were definitely very purposeful of giving us, again, it's that real responsibility that you have to let them have. They're not going to learn anything if you're actually doing all of it. So you, you're saying like instead of coming up with this elaborate lesson plan of like, well, in this week, like I'm going to make sure we cover this ground, you really just, because they're going to be with you anyways, you just try and turn as much of what you are doing as possible into like a teachable moment. Exactly. Yeah. Just like just living your life and just letting them be a part of that. Um, finances and money 
is something that they're going to have to deal with till the end of time. Mm. And so why not, why not just include them in that instead of, instead of shutting them out of it? Definitely. No, just, and it just makes it so much easier too. You don't have to sit down and write a whole lesson plan. There are so many things that they can learn from by just watching you and doing it with you. Yeah, absolutely. Did your mom build any kind of financial education into your homeschool curriculum as well though? Nope. Mm-hmm. No. So it was all just like part of the personal life and then homeschool was just like school. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, that's Almost awesome. Up. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't remember doing any, no, I, I don't remember doing anything like that. Okay. Um, did your parents, I mean, I guess this is, this probably is for when you're younger. How often did they break the rule of you having to buy things for yourself? You know, like aside from holidays and birthdays and stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I would, I mean, I would assume sometimes, like sometimes okay. that's going to happen. Um, I don't remember, I don't think it was strictly enforced either way to be perfectly honest with you. Um, mm-hmm. but my parents were definitely very generous and provided me with a ton of stuff. Um, so I don't think that it has to be like, oh, I can never buy anything for my kid ever. Um, they have to do all themselves. I don't, especially when they're younger, I don't think that that's necessary, but as long as that you're incorporating that on like a somewhat regular basis, Mm -hmm. um, that's enough for them to like get the point and understand the general idea of how that's going to work. I think that's, I think that's fine. I don't think you have to stick to any kind of crazy, crazy rules or anything like that. Okay. Did your parents uh, encourage you to work when you became a teenager? No, 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 I, um, okay. no, I definitely think that is something I could have done if I wanted to. Um, but no, that wasn't, I was pretty heavily involved in some extracurricular activities that they provided those opportunities for me. Um, okay. and then busy with school as well. Um, and so no, it wasn't, it wasn't a kind of situation of like, you have to go get a job right now kind of thing. Yeah. What do you think about teens doing that? Cause I'm like, as a college guy, I know a lot of guys, a lot of people will go into college and think like, Oh, being a student is my full-time job. I shouldn't have a job on the side. And I've always been in the the opposite camp where I think having a job is beneficial in more ways than just making money. But I'm curious to know what you think as well. Yeah, I think, I think so much of it depends on your family. I think it's so much of it depends on the teenager, um, and kind of what the situation is in in your life at that time. I think that having a a part-time job as a teen is super beneficial because not only are you earning money and then getting to learn how to budget that money and what to do with it. But you're also like getting to learn how to deal with people. I mean, like if you're, you know, working in retail or whatever, you get to learn how to deal with managers and then customers and stuff like that. And that's just good, like solid life, you know, skills Mm -hmm. that you Mm -hmm. need. Um, but I, I think, I think that really, I, I don't really feel like I can have a solid, this is what you should do, or this is what you shouldn't do. Because I, I think so much of it depends on the circumstances and the family of, of you know, what, what that decision is. But I, I think that either way, um, I think that if your, your team doesn't have a job, there's a lot that you can be doing with them to still teach them personal finance. Mm-hmm. But if they do have a job, then that of course opens up that whole other thing of they're actually earning a paycheck, um, and, and budgeting it for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I had a conversation with my girlfriend a while ago because I had jobs all throughout my teenage years and we were on the subject of um, like doing taxes at one point. And I remember when I was a kid, like 
my dad was either too busy or something and my mom really didn't know how to do it. So I had to file a tax return for the money I made as a 14 year old. And she was like, you're going to have to go figure out how to file your taxes. Uh, so I had to ride <laughs> my bike awesome. to the public library. I had to pick up a literal 1040 easy form and write it out and mail it to the government and got my refund. So, I mean, I've been doing taxes oh since I was 14 years old and that probably explains a lot for you, Andrew. Yeah. Um, but I remember I was talking to Anna about this and I was like, I, I got a lot of value from having to figure that out on my own with basically no help. And I almost wonder like, hmm. were I to have a kid in the future, would it be better for me to say to them like, Hey, you got to go file your tax return, go figure it out. And Anna was kind of on the other side of the, the conversation there where she's like, no, I would, I would sit down and guide my child through that process and be there the whole, you know, the whole steps of the way. So I guess like, what are your thoughts on how much handholding kids should have with financial things like that? And at what point do you step in? Like, do you as a parent guide them through the process up front or do you kind of wait for them to trip and then be there as a support to pull them back up? That is such a good question. I, would... I like desperately want to answer, but this is yours, Eva. <laughs> um, I, I, think I think I would lean more towards the the be there for them when they to pick them up when they fall. Um, I don't think that that would maybe be appropriate in every situation. And again, I think that depends on the family and the people and, you know, kind of how your family runs as, as a whole. Um, but I would definitely, especially... I mean, especially when they're younger and like I said before, there's just, there's not a lot at stake for them. There's Mm -hmm. not, I mean, they're not dealing with so much money that they're going to like ruin their entire lives Mm -hmm. or anything like that. So Mm -hmm. I would always lean more on the side of let them mess up and then be there for them to help them learn from that mistake and help them fix it. Gotcha. And what are your thoughts, Andrew? Because I know you were chomping at the bit. I I actually, I I mean, I think not to go like super broad, but this whole like open-ended project thing or kind of like discovery, like it's like do this. And as like they go through, there's how many umpteen things they need to figure out and it could branch. It could go really deep. I think Mm -hmm. practice of just solving open-ended problems like that is perhaps like the best teachable thing you could do for a kid, whether it's like money or like computer things or whatever. Like that's just, it's, I mean, it, I guess taxes are an awesome slash shitty opportunity <laughs> to, to let them do that. But. Oh, and I do, I do have a good, a good example. Um, just in my own life with, with my business, um, pretty early on when I started teen Scott sense, mom and I realized that running a website is a full time job. <laughs> um, and I mean, I was still in school and I did not have, I was not going to have the time to, do this project effectively and still keep up with my grades. Um, and so pretty early on, my mom took over all of the back end stuff on the website and learning WordPress and mm. most of the social media kind of stuff and all of that. She took that over to help me out. And I focused on all the front end things. Um, and that was, that was 100% appropriate for her to do that. I feel like, and as my business grew, of course, mom was still working with me very closely. And then we, we were ultimately, we're really business partners. She still, we still work together every day on my website and the different projects that I have. Um, and she also runs her, her own small business from home too. So we, we work together every day and you inspired her to do her own thing or was she doing that? And then you kind of, 
she was starting to mm. like she was start she um my mom helps really really small businesses manage their online presence and mm-hmm. she was just starting to get into that and that's why i thought i might have wanted to do a blog of some kind mm-hmm. and so i really okay. think she inspired me so we've kind of like we've kind of been on this this journey together which has been really cool and when we sat down and decided to be business partners and work on this together and this is this is where the example comes in is that okay, like we're business partners, we have an understanding with each other that if there's a decision that needs to be made, neither one of us can just make that decision because we work together. We have mm-hmm. to have a conversation with each other um, and, and decide together. But she said to me from the very beginning when I was 16 years old, Eva, this is your business, this is your thing, you will always have final say. You, you're always gonna mm-hmm. have that. So if we disagree on something and you wanna go a different direction, that's on you. Um, and, and that, yeah, for her to be able to give me that again, that real responsibility and respect me and treat me like an adult in that way, opened me up to being able to do so much more and allowed me to make every decision. And sometimes those were wrong decisions and I got to learn from that. And those were, that was great. Those were great instances for me to be able to grow as a person. Um, and so I really, I really think it all comes down to, are you able to have that respect for your child and treat them like an adult? And, and I think a lot of times, again, adults look at teens and think, uh, they're, they just care about like Justin Bieber and video games or whatever. Um, but they also care about Snapchat. I guess that's the big Snapchat. (laughs) Yeah. I guess Justin Bieber isn't so much of a thing anymore. I don't know. Um, I'm so but- cracking and cracking. <laughs> <laughs> Do you watch the latest John Oliver? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> um, but the, I mean, honestly, like the bar for teenagers is set pretty low. If mm-hmm. your only job in the world is to make good grades and keep your room clean, I mean, that's enough to drive anybody crazy. Yeah, that's... But- challenge when you exactly but when you when you raise the bar and set the expectations higher teens are able to meet them we want to meet them yeah Yeah. like give give us those opportunities and we will we will surprise you every single time that's why and like i don't know what other people would think about this but when i was young probably starting when i was 10 years old uh this didn't happen super often but my dad would occasionally hand me a book like a science book or something or like some philosophy book. And he'd be like, you have two weeks to read this and write me a three page book report. Like on top <laughs> of school. And I yeah. hated that. I was so <laughs> mad. I would much rather have been doing anything else. And he was more of a hard ass grader than any teacher I ever had. He would nitpick stuff. I almost never got an A from him. But looking back on that now, like that By the way, Thomas was also like, homeschooled, as I guess the oh yeah, you didn't quite say that. Yeah, oh, what a, I was homeschooled awesome. until third grade, so nice. only okay, only cool. three years. But so I and I was a weird kid uh, in was, elementary school. The, 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 here's the problem: is I am also very weird. I'm just not as smart as either of you because I went to public school. <laughs> <laughs> ah. um, but yeah, I was just saying like the stuff my dad like forced me to do. It wasn't always like him meeting me at my interests. A lot of time it was very like militaristic, like, Hey, you're going to do this because I'm the king of the castle and I think it's good for you. You're going to go, uh, you know, pull weeds in the backyard and you're going to work out three times a week because I don't want to have a boy who gets beat up in the, you know, the back (laughs) of school or something. Uh, 
and I like, I look back on a lot of that and I appreciate it. So mm -hmm. I wonder, like, I don't have any intention of becoming a father anytime soon, but if I do, I constantly wrestle with like, to what degree do I just like make my kids do stuff that they're not going to like to do, but that's going to be beneficial in the future. Mm -hmm. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's a, I think that's a super hard line to find a super hard balance. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I guess that just, just depends on what, what happens. So, and I mean, it, it, your parents did, it seems like they did something similar because they said, yeah, as part of your school, you must do a big project. And that's yeah. obviously been very successful for yeah. you. And no, and it's also, um, I competed in a homeschool speech and debate league for several years in high school. And that was absolutely non, non-negotiable. Like I had to do that. Mm. Um, okay. and like, I, I really hated it. Um, I really <laughs> hated doing speeches and, and debate. Um, but I, that's where I met all my best friends, like my, my lifelong best friends I met from that speech and debate league. And also I can now stand up in front of a crowd of 200 people and talk to them and not mm. die. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so, and, and I know that that is from, and so even though, I mean, I didn't maybe super appreciate it then, um, although I was getting to like make friends and, and be with the people I really liked. So that was good. Now I 100% see the benefit of that because I know that doing that for the several years I did made me an effective communicator and that I would definitely not be if I hadn't had those experiences. Um, and so, no, I think that there, there is a line between just letting your kid do whatever they want to do and saying, all right, you have to, you have to do this. I also, I had to take piano. That was also mm -hmm. a non-negotiable thing. I hated piano <sighs> so much. I, <laughs> I have to say um, your I speech did. classes really helped because we keep taking you on these tangents and you somehow answer our questions and come back to like your main storyline. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's uh thank you. Speech and debate. <laughs> so, but it sounds like your parents gave you a good amount of flexibility as well, which I think is really important. Cause I mean, you know, I say my dad made me do all these book reports and like made us do like workouts and, take boxing and jujitsu and stuff. But I remember there were other parents in our town that like their kids were literally in every single sport. So like their lives were so regimented school, then soccer, then piano, then like, you know, never any mm -hmm. free time. Being a kid is something you get to do once in your life. And the freedom and like the just freedom from worry you get is it's something that you're going to cherish there. forever. So there has to be just unstructured time for them to go do whatever the hell they want. So I guess to recap this for any like future parents, maybe you, Andrew, for any people who do have kids now already, it seems like teach your kids about money early on, include them in the money decisions you're making in your own life. At least tell them what you're doing and at some point have them have some input. Uh, challenge your teenagers and let them rise to the occasion and try to meet them at their interests, but also make sure they do have the flexibility and freedom to still have a childhood and figure things out on their own. And the one thing you mentioned, Andrew, I don't know if we, we hit it hard enough, but like you said, getting experiences that help you to solve open-ended problems, I think that may be like one of the most important things that you can teach your kid. Mm. Just like to mm -hmm. ingrain that mindset that, when there's a tough problem that doesn't have a readily apparent solution, um, I can solve it. I can figure it out and I don't have to just cry for help immediately. Just trust in yourself that you can do that, right? Like even though you don't know what the answer is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the people I know who run their own businesses, like if there's one trait they share, it's that they kind of have that baked into their brain. Just this willingness to yeah. dig in and figure out a problem, even if they feel like they have no clue or they're totally out of their depth, they'll figure it out. Absolutely. And I think that's one really important thing that parents can also do is encourage their their kids to start their own business because mm-hmm. you will learn so much by doing if you're by doing that. Um, and so I think that's really important to you can foster that entrepreneurial spirit in your child. Do that because they will learn a ton. Absolutely. Did you have any businesses of your own before Teens Got Sense? Or like little entrepreneurial oh, things? No, no, okay. not. I mean, like I remember doing like lemonade stands and stuff like that when I was that younger. Counts. I think that yeah, counts. yeah. <laughs> um, no, but that's yeah. Like whenever my mom would do like a garage sale or something like that, like she would help us like go to the store and buy candy and stuff like that that my brother and I could sell. Um, but yeah, no, nothing other, no, nothing really super specific other than other than Teens Got Sense. But yeah. Okay. Well, hey, I do count the lemonade stands. Cool. I yeah, did that. Sure. I mowed lawns, you know, just the little things like aside from I, going I and getting my, a real I job. I cleaned my grandma's house for a couple of years and got paid for that. Okay. But I don't know if that really counts as a business, but I did do that to earn money. Um, <laughs> did she ask was, you to do it or did you ask her to let you do it? I think she asked me to do it. Okay. Um, yeah. I call that more employer than. but if you have been like grandma i will clean your house for two years for x amount of dollars like that that's pretty entrepreneurial yeah no that that, that didn't happen that's not how that went down (laughs) (laughs) who would volunteer to clean grandma's house seriously (laughs) grandma your bathroom is the worst i would love to clean it for you (laughs) yeah no no going over to my grandparents house that was like spongebob time like tv time (laughs) oh yeah 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 Grandparents' houses where all the responsibilities end. Uh, yes. That is a sacred thing, and I respect that. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> all my memories of not being responsible as a child, most of them are at grandma's house. <laughs> for sure, for sure. <laughs> so, Ava, if people want to connect with you or read your work, uh, where should they go to read your work, to follow you on social media, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, so you can find me at um, teenscottsense.com. Um, and then I'm also Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, all at Teen Scott Sense. All right, cool. Well, we will have all those linked up in the show notes. So for any of you guys listening who want to connect with Eva or read what she's written, um, just click those links or go to those URLs if you can remember them. And I think that's all we've got for this episode. Andrew, you look like you have something to say. Well, I was going to say. You're about to, I can't tell. No, one. I was going to say her site's uh, really cool. And you could tell that uh, her mom has a hands in it too because it's, there's like common sense and job sense and there is mom sense. Yes, yes. My mom <laughs> does occasionally write to parents on the mom sense tab. So definitely go check that out. <laughs> I just thought that was a nice touch. Yeah. yeah. And I really like the design of it too. It's simple, but it's just, it's clean and elegant. Thank mm. you. That is definitely not what it looked like when I got started. <laughs> <It's clear. laughs> it wasn't Isn't horrible. that what all of us go through? Yeah. <laughs> not, it wasn't horrible, but it wasn't it wasn't awesome either. <laughs> <laughs> Mine looked like a hippo threw up on a canvas, the first design that I had. So yeah, I think everyone just goes through Same. iterations. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you have questions for us, listen, money matters at gmail.com is our email address. So let us know what questions you have about teaching kids finance or anything else related to growing your wealth, getting out of debt, budgeting, investing, 
all those good topics. You can also find our favorite resources, apps, tools, books that we recommend over at listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. And Andrew, anything to update about pro-related things? I never ask you, so, but I do these outros myself. Ah, I do have something. Um, okay. So apparently I'm speaking at uh, FinCon Masters in uh, New oh, York. Okay. Woo, woo. So nice. if you're in New York, uh, go to FinCon.com. I think there's like a link to Masters on there. Just Google FinCon Masters. There are limited seats. And if you want to come see me drop some bombs, I'm probably making an ass of myself. Uh, <laughs> and I'd love to see you there. So I wish I could be there, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably see you at regular FinCon. Yeah. All right, guys. Ava, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, to everyone else listening, thank you so much for listening. And we will see you in the next episode. Later. Later, man. Please tell your friends about this show. Thank you.